Hello and welcome to another Architecture Podcast. I'm George Bradley, architect and director of London-based studio Bradley van der Straten. Every fortnight I talk to a different architect from around the world to discuss an inspiring house that they have designed. In this episode, I talk to the Sri Lankan architect Palinda Kannagara about studio dwelling, the home and office he has designed for himself in Sri Lanka's capital city, Colombo. The building sits at the perimeter of a wild marshland on the outskirts of the city and has been designed as a sequence of dramatic spaces that concentrate the eye on views of the natural landscape that are framed by rich textures of the rugged concrete walls and reclaimed tiled floors. The house has won a number of awards, including an RIBA award for international excellence and is an excellent example of Palinda's work with form, material, light and views. If you'd like to find out more about Palinda and about the studio dwelling, you can find more information on the episode page at anotherarchitecturepodcast.com. I hope you enjoy listening. Hello, Palinda. Thank you very much for giving your time to talk about Studio Dwelling today. Hi, George. Thanks for inviting us. It is a pleasure. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to, to talking to you to find out more about the project and also to find out more about you and your studio and your approach to um, designing homes. Um, and where I'd like to start is I know that you know your work is very much known for its sensitivity to context. And um, you've mentioned before about the importance in your projects of celebrating the spirit of place. And I just think that's the best place to start in terms of understanding the studio dwelling, which is your home, but it's also your your studio. Um, and it's based in Colombo in Sri Lanka. Um, and maybe if you can just start with, with telling me a little bit about what's the, what's the spirit of place with, with this location, what attracted you to it in the first yep. place? Yes, I think it's a good start, George. Um, as you mentioned, in our practice, the site is a key thing. It's the uh, generator of the, all the ideas. So we always try to get the mood or a feel from the site. So uh, when it comes to this studio dwelling uh, location, uh, it's very important because uh, uh, it's a, we're trying to find a location for our studio. And um, it was actually, we used to be around this area. This is actually... Rajagiriya, but I used to have my practice uh, in Kotigawa. This is a little far away from here, and it's a very known neighborhood. And it's not a very urban setup. It's more like a village or a town area. So that convenience of this location, when particularly when I'm selecting, I was considering how far to the city or a you know commercial hub that is Colombo, uh, but still you can enjoy the nature being with the nature. So that was a key thing when I'm looking for a land and particularly I select this project or an area uh, looking, focusing this area, particularly thinking because it's next to a marsh. I have seen this marsh and the beauty beyond this, you know, shrub jungle. And uh, I knew it's going to be a beautiful to have a office next to a, you know, reserve or uh, with the mm beautiful surrounding and a lot of birds and still it survived with this uh, is even though there are development happening in Colombo with still the mm. character of these uh, village uh, and beautiful uh, you know there's a lot of uh, um, you know 
forest or a jungle or a lot of trees are in this area so that's a mm. key thing uh, as i mentioned even though there is like a little away from the colombo if you want to go to colombo it takes only less than a 15 to 20 minutes so you are still within a part of the hub or a, a street in the urban setup um, mm. so that was the key thing uh, and um, when i'm looking for a particular this place uh, it was actually very a small plot of land and um, immediately i realized this is the place that i was looking for uh, because it's not facing the main road and you have to drive through a very uh, beautiful gravel road at that time and uh, comfortable white the width of the road and it showed me uh, this is the beauty and it was a little bit of a abandoned Uh, the land, a lot of green and a lot of grasses grown, and uh, but I walked through it. I immediately fell in love with the property uh, because I knew uh, it should have the lot of potential uh, with the property. So, uh, mm. and uh, there were some issues actually. Um, the design of these uh, studio dwelling is a result of of these issues. How I addressing the issues. <laughs> It's a dog in the background there. Yeah, is it okay? <laughs> That's fine. No, no, keep going. All right. Okay. So basically, um, there are key things like uh, being next to a marsh. How we uh, respect or leave that natural environment, or you know, without making disturbing to the setup, it is already there. So that was one main consideration that I had. Without any filling, I want to design. and leave the natural overflowing areas the land that is always used to flood when it has been in a heavy rain i want it to be allow it to be go like that um mm-hmm. so uh, just that was my initial concept and again i wanted to frame the beauty beyond this land so uh, this was next to a marsh and the small canal and lot of green beyond that and it has lot top birds and monkeys and porcupines and we discovered mm-hmm. later on but i enjoyed uh, while i'm constructing and still i'm find different experience and uh, surprises within the during these times so um george i think if you want to get more information i feel i have moved here or a first visit was in 2012 and then mm-hmm. we start thinking of designing and finding solution as i said uh with my image in my visionary idea about how to make that building uh sitting here so that was like mm-hmm. image that is in mind so it was trying to make it uh more realistic with the physical building in a way with the available material and again there are some constraint like the budget that's okay yeah um so basically uh, we were trying to work with the budget and the material and we were trying to do uh, experimental with the project and those are the things that i was always uh, trying to make it a different uh, start or approach to my design uh, and uh, as i said uh, the the generator that idea it's the first i wanted to make that building to be um, you know control my uh, environment in a way that i get uh, um you know uh, comfortable to work here and live here at the same time to enjoy the beyond that uh, the what i'm seeing from this land 
So basically, um, uh, that's another concern that I was having when I started designing was how my function works. Because to secure my office is a, a key thing. And then uh, when even we was trying to find the data, uh, that is how the flood levels. So they were, we were heard that it was about two, three feet above the ground. But then again, I realized I couldn't get any chances of having my computers at that level. So, so we were trying to find uh, answers to the issues. So then we'll move with the design of having these, uh, lifting the building to the first mm. floor as the main function. So that was my start. Okay. So it's interesting. There's a, there's a few things here in terms of the context that are playing on the development of the design. You mentioned about the fact that it's right next to the marsh, so the flooding obviously impacts what you're maybe doing with the ground floor of the building. Um, you've got you've talked about the environmental control. We'll definitely come to that. There's so much to, to cover here, but about controlling your environment from a climatic point yes. of view has yes. clearly influenced the design. Framing the views, I think, is a really interesting because what I find interesting about this location is, like you said, it is it is actually an urban setting in a sense. There are sort of tower blocks on the horizon and nearby, but with correct framed views, it's actually a very, it's, it's almost a retreat in the countryside. You've got these two extremes very close to each other. But then the function you've mentioned, it, it's about combining the fact that it's your studio where you, where you work with your team, but you also live there as well. So exactly. four kind of key things here really, isn't there, that, we're, yes. that you're responding to in, in terms of design. Okay. Maybe if we start with the first, um, well, the first one to start with maybe would be about framing the views because that to me is probably the first kind of impact maybe when you're arriving at this building um and how cleverly the building it's a very sculptural building it's not an open-sided building on all sides it's a very much a directional building in terms of how you view things and most of the view is all about this marsh that's the opposite side to the entrance so you come in off this sort of gravel track a very discreet in a sense there's not many big buildings around but the first thing you see is this undercroft of the building and you're framing a view of the marsh could you maybe start there in terms of maybe talking through the arrival of this building and how that maybe influenced how you set out the the key kind of concept of the the project? Right. So um, the the one key element again that has to be addressed is the orientation of the building. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. the facade is facing the west, so the heat is coming from the west sun afternoon. Is there like a Tremendous. So we knew that it is not possible to open out to that side. And then again, there are a few houses surrounded by this area. So it was already there. So we may not have a control to get views or the open windows towards that side again, west and again. We are inviting a lot of heat into the building. So mm-hmm. fortunately, that marsh or the view of the building is facing towards the east. Um, mm-hmm. So that was the advantage of how we can frame the view. So when mm-hmm. it comes to framing and what I wanted to show is that the marsh, nothing else. So uh, we tried to take the guest or the um, my clients through this gravel road. And as you turn, you frame with the, um, you know, 20, uh, 40 feet wide opening. And then I'm trying to show the marsh through my open parking. So the parking is designed in a way that we can easily park four vehicles at the given time. 
and then two sides. It's almost like a symmetrical, you know, approach to the design. There's more like a grid plan uh, because initially after finding the soil report, we knew it has to be designed with the pile. So even that is mm -hmm. like a given a, you know, a restriction to design something within the budget with the minimum number of piling. So what we were trying to do is we so almost like a 40 feet, uh, you know, with the, the width of the land. And then mm -hmm. uh, it's a square foot. If you take the size of the plot, it's about 2,700 square feet. And within that, there are a lot of restrictions from the canal reservation and the road reservation. So we finally end up with the 40 by 40 kind of a square foot or a, a footprint of a property to that we can build. So that mm -hmm. was the the tower that I was into, wanted to create as my functional space. So underneath that is the parking. So we lift the block above the ground and leave the ground to for a services or my other utilities. For example, at the, that level, we have the caretaker room and the storage facility, as well as the staff kitchen and then the uh, dining for the staff. So those are on the two sides out of the, uh, the view. So it gives you to frame the middle portion and having a solid block for my other function on the both side. So that's mm -hmm. create the frame of the marsh. So but mm -hmm. uh, beyond that is like almost like a blank facade. So I will get back to you how is why how mm -hmm. that works. Um, so beyond that uh, is there are so many uh, trying to open out again in different each level to get a different experience, but still framing the same view, but in a different mm -hmm. experience. That's so something really interesting in that, what you answered there in terms of the question of the entrance to the building and talking about, because it's it's a journeying building. You you travel through and it's a journey of views that reveal themselves and they're quite um, atmospheric spaces. You move from very different feelings. So the, this first place is your viewing this monolithic block of the building with the brick, the perforated brick facade above and the undercroft that you described, the parking space is beneath and it fray it's dark, it's concrete, it's kind of earthy, raw materials, it's heavy. And then you've got the greenery framed beautifully like a painting at the other right. side. You mentioned that about clients arriving and what they experience. What I'm really interested in then is okay. for you as, as a brief in this project, was this journey about, is it very much about clients that are arriving and experiencing this building as part of the process of working with you? Right. So as I mentioned, so the journey start from the ground level, parking level, road level. So mm -hmm. we try to maintain that parking as the natural ground without raising. So that's what I've thought mm -hmm. of. Leave that parking in any condition, it can be flooded. So I was not considering or bothered about to lift that spaces. So that was my mm. key thing. So that idea coming from that road and then it's straight away not to enter to the office. So because uh, we need to come up with the idea how to bring that client or a new guest to the upper level, mm. first floor level without feel if you are coming to a, you know, another additional floor. So what mm. we have done is we trying to take them through very wide steps, like nearly 10 feet. Mm and um, use a different material that is going to be looks like uh, going into a temple so that we mm. we select carefully the material that gives a, a transformation and it helps that clients to 
get into a mood or a, you know change their mindset when they walk into the office so it helps me with the materials and then the volumes and everything i'm trying to work for to adjust that journey or give a different experience to the journey so mm-hmm. uh, when it comes if you want me to say about how to start from the ground so then the the site entrance though it's not that much of prominent because i didn't want to make that have a grand entrance to the entrance to my office because that frame view again was my key thing at the ground level i didn't want to disturb by having a grand opening or a some doorway to enter to my office so you won't feel there's a entrance even uh, if you are not used to that so there are some i just don't want to use like a um a grill that is as a main entrance to my studio mm-hmm. so as you slide open you're coming into a paved uh, area that's where the uh, start top the staircase so that i wanted to create a little bit of light well and with a lot of green in it so there's a big plants uh neem trees there so that's the way i want to start the journey towards the first floor and another key thing i think uh, of this project is the height of the uh, slab in between i'm trying to minimize the height uh, not like a standard ordinary 10 feet clear kind of uh, uh, slab to slab uh, height so we minimize the number of step by reducing the heights of each floor slab but um, still again it's more functional so for example we allow this parking area to be having the 8 feet clear that makes a very narrow and beautiful frame view with the dark as you said that you know the concrete walls and painted uh, walls mm-hmm. gives you uh, the frame of the marsh then again the height to go up with the staircase is less than 8 feet um, mm-hmm. and then the journey with the very comfortable steps that we use the uh, reclaim uh, i mean reuse these uh, uh, cobblestone that was used in a colonial period in colombo for you know roads mm-hmm. so they were removed and tarred for a new condition so but these were available to purchase so i immediately grabbed those uh, you know stones that is uh, uh, available in uh, antique stores and um, it was very cheap at that time so we were collected those elements so i knew it's going to be a beautiful to detail with this reuse those stones uh, in a way in a new purpose so the mm-hmm. the, the road pavers used for the steps so gives you a lot of uh, uh, you know very feel different feel from the gravel road then you go into a upper level by using the steps and the steps also very much uh, uh, not a new experience in the sri lankan context because all these temples we used to climb uh, elevation you know to go to the highest point of the area to get into that uh, spiritual level so all these mm-hmm. temples in sri lanka i have these steps or a uh, level difference from these villages to the uh, temple so we used to climb nice steps an example uh, the mehintale very nice example because it's a very wide steps with a very less riser it's very comfortable to climb but still the uh, the pilgrims go up in a gradually to a different mindset so as mm-hmm. i said the journey goes into these uh, upper level is very i want to make it very comfortable and changing mm-hmm. material from the steps to the polished uh, uh, terrazzo floor gives you a, another changing the mindset 
So mm -hmm. that's how the journey starts from the uh, road level and then you end up with the, road, the office level at the first row. So it's basically um, uh, eight feet above the uh, parking, but um, it's frame again the same view in a different volume. So there's a lot of um, conscious decisions that you're making here as a designer about the experience of how you enter this building. With the framed views, they're, they're very extreme and contrasting. Dark space within the building, light and green with the views. You talked about the heights and you're, compress you're, you're almost consciously choosing to compress these ceiling heights um, to sort of squeeze the space slightly. The stairs then coming up, these are not normal stairs. These are kind of art gallery proportion stairs, like big, wide, but again, texture, the, the rough of the concrete on the sides, the, the cobbles on the floor that I imagine sort of make a sound and feel a texture as you're walking up. All of this is leading to an experience and a feeling that you're kind of trying to engender in somebody that approaches this building. Can I ask you, what is that? feeling what what do you want to have achieved by the time somebody arrives on the first floor what do you want them to feel like and why is that important to you in terms of arrival for a house and for an office so i think um, it's very important uh, that experience that you uh, the the guest get is as a first impression uh, then it gets a judgment of the place and again it gives you a, some sort of a idea where they are heading so, um, and after that steps, actually, I'm trying to work with a different volume. So that journey from the steps is end up with the uh, foyer again before the office double height space. That turn into a, you know, when you, as you open out my glass doors and you end up with the big double height volume that is about six meter height volume, that is the pose of the space. So then basically you're coming through very dark, and maybe like a wide steps with the cobblestones and gradually you end up with the polished floor. That polished floor continues towards mm. the bigger volume is that the wow factor or the surprise that person who are arriving to the office is getting. So basically mm. I feel that changing the mindset from that urban or a very busy street to a exploring a different uh, views with these nature and then the um, volumes gives you totally calm and serene to your uh, mm. mindset. So it changes your mood and it will focus more with your purpose of visit. So and again, not only for that, even for me, it gives you more pleasure every day to see the big volume here and uh, working in a you know in again uh, um, uh, space beyond that is more pleasure. So and a different experience. So I think. Uh, mm -hmm. The volumes and the materials give a different uh, uh, journey and the experience to the guest. So I feel it's very important in an office condition like this or a studio that I'm working uh, to have uh, different materials and different mood and different spaces. Uh, mm. And uh, it starts, speaks, and it connects more with the nature again when you have a bigger opening. So we mm. have a sliding folding opening that is only focusing the marsh. So by doing this design, I have, uh, I'm trying to understand that uh, the sun park. So as I mentioned before, that uh, fortress kind of building allows me to buffer the sun uh, and the heat and again control the sound 
as well as the uh, views of the surrounding. Uh, so my intention is to just to frame and uh, focus with the west side to open out and leave the other rest of the areas to be more like a screen or to be like a backdrop to the office. It's kind of like creating a greater appreciation for the nature and the marsh that's there by condensing and focusing that view, isn't Correct. it? Um, and just talking then also a bit about first impressions, it's quite a mysterious building, I imagine, when you're approaching from the streets. And I think probably the first impression of seeing it is people are going to see this perforated brick facade that's two or three stories square. It's a big solid facade. There's no kind of indication of windows or living behind it. And you go underneath that to get to this undercroft. What's, could you tell me a little bit about the design of this this perforated screen and what the importance of that, not just from a climatic point of view, but from that first impression again of almost hiding a screen, hiding the building almost, isn't it? Yeah, I think um, the bricks that the material that I used to wrap these building or take it a envelope as a, a material is giving more cooler climate within the space. And uh, mm-hmm. with, when you're trying to design with this climate, I was thinking how to screen the uh, uh, sun or a west for the heat and then again trying to get uh, wind through the uh, wall is like giving you more cooler climate within the space. So what we are trying to do is we're trying to keep a gap between these uh, brick wall and trying to get like a perforated punch wall and that allows to breathe to in the wind to pass through that but the heat is uh, going to be blocked with that uh, facade. So that was a key idea. Then again, it, when it comes to the material, what we were trying to do here is we are trying to get uh, uh, exposed concrete as a structural uh, material. And because since that is having a, quite a big span, we, I was advised by these engineers to have a lot of columns and the beam structure. So basically, we are not saving a lot of money by uh, plastering or anything like the brick and pl- column uh, structure. So what we have mm-hmm. done is we're trying to design the walls in a way that it can be out of concrete and leave the concrete exposed. That can save money and it's going to be uh, less maintenance as well. So we end up mm-hmm. with the idea of selecting material as a concrete for the structural walls itself without uh, column and beam structure and fill the bricks in between to have a room space. So we straight away designed the building with the nine inch of uh, the concrete. And we cast the concrete with this local uh, the timber uh, that was we trying to use a module with the structure and two feet high with the long, uh, like a, uh, uh, reusable, uh, the foam work. And we mm-hmm. repeat that foam work continuously through the building. So we save a lot of money by using the same uh, module or a frame, uh, framework. And then what we have done is we trying to use very thin concrete walls for the walls that not bearing the load. For example, mm-hmm. two and with two side walls are only four inches. So that helps me to reduce the cost. And again, it looks like a, um, you know, a thick wall, but it's only four, four inches. Um, so that was the key thing in the uh, design. So as you want to know that uh, the brick is the envelope or the outer uh, envelope that wraps the concrete building. So when I'm trying to work with the concrete, I'm trying to avoid the heat 
that is absorbed by the material so the mm-hmm. concrete is a very good material very beautiful to handle and you know to get texture but still again it has to be adapted to the local context so what we have tried to do here is to have the inner surface with the thinner walls and then have another additional brick layer from the outside just to prevent the heat coming and strike on the concrete wall so that is the secret so that gap i try to maintain 4 inch air gap so that air gaps allows me to make that building more cooler and again mm-hmm. to get my all the services through that gap so all these sewage all these pipes and plumbing and then the electricity wires everything trying to go through that gap and we'll trying to screen or uh, you know like services in between that sandwich panel so basically mm-hmm. it's like a air gap and it's more functional than the you know like to make it more beautiful uh, but in the same time it gives you so much uh, like a character to the place and it's weathered mm. with the time so i think i like that idea and uh, it's not alien to this area so when you say brick buildings you see the brick as a common material that everybody is trying to build their houses and any any kind of construction in sri lanka so we try to bring something that is familiar to the context and is available cheap i mean like not expensive material and mm-hmm. that is my the first impression of the uh, outer surface of the building so uh, so that's how i start designing with this material uh, as a solution uh, or to save money or to make it more practical building materials that are used here it's predominantly concrete for the frame and for the ceilings for most of the walls and then the brick particularly perforated on that yeah. front facade another thing george i think i just want to mention the concrete uh, another advantage of by using this thing is to cut down the glare because even it's facing the east the concrete absorbs the light so it won't reflect the light towards my studio so it gives mm-hmm. you beautiful and light condition uh, to the inner area and it filter the light and absorb the light and it not reflect the light so basically mm-hmm. if you are having a painted walls or a white walls it may not able to work in a, a big with a big opening and mm. that's another advantage and the texture is always beautiful i love concrete too as it has a final finish or interior so these mm. are the things that allows me to design to and get this final result. And it's yeah it's that texture that absorbing of of light that I think makes this space so powerful in terms of again that contrast with the nature outside and and the view and you've mentioned earlier with the steps you made a reference to temple design. Um I do also think in terms of the way the spaces are designed the way the the atmosphere the way they feel with the texture there's also some sort of temple like quality. I'm interested to know then do you in terms of the you've mentioning about the light and the glare is that a mistake that maybe a lot of other people are making in in this context in Colombo and Sri Lanka are there other houses that are designed with a lot of glass but they're painted and they just don't work what's different about what you're doing um 
I'm not sure, but I'm, I can't say it's a mistake because how you address that? Because uh, if you're having a lot of trees around your glasses even, you mm-hmm. can shade with the trees because uh, in Colombo, even if you have a double height big windows and the glasses, still you can have the a uh, lot of green and big trees mm. to shade the windows. That gives you more, again, uh, control the weather and, uh, you know, you can get a lot of shades. So I'm not saying it's, this is the answer because there are so many ways of doing when you're doing a mm. big opening. But in here, I may not able to block the view. So having that opening and then the framing the marsh view again and uh, to keep this 15 feet wide opening windows and then again mm. how to control the the light is was another thing so i feel i have addressed that with these concrete uh, in this situation but it may be mm. a different to another uh, scenario so it's a way of responding to create exactly. what you wanted to create so you you arrive on this first floor we've gone through these the wide stairs and this sort of dark textured space and then you you describe this moment of arriving of surprise and um it kind of almost a wow factor of this double height space overlooking the marsh that's where your office is exactly. is based so you've got your team working in there um and then as we go up the building another floor there's more private sort of living spaces yeah. for you that's one thing I think that's really interesting about this project is, um, if am I right in saying that when you started on this, it was to design an office, but then after you'd built it, you decided, actually, this is a good place to live, and you moved in. Was it, is that right, that it wasn't actually designed as your home initially? Um, I used to work and um, you know live and work in the same place from my previous places and everywhere I even I work. is a very small-scale officer that I work. So mm-hmm. I used to work in a place that we used to have uh, accommodation of the uh, you know residents as well connected so uh, mm-hmm. initially uh, we were uh, having a place close by and we renovated that it converted into a uh, my studio and our studio and then we moved out from here they are to here but there was some uh, you know always trying to keep my uh, important things in that place but still i design in a way I can work and live here, but sometimes I wanted to be um, not to be permanently. But then again, it is designed as a studio to live and work. Uh, but sometimes I may not be able to have everything, but I want to have it here because with the restriction, again, the heights and the volumes and um, function of the building. Um, uh, so basically, uh, we designed what we required for this particular building. And uh, it, it's just like to have a commodity. And again, I knew exactly the function of the building. And we always want to have a very small team when we are practicing mm-hmm. starter. So the, my partner, the Varna, uh, we decide we'll have make the building uh, in a way that we'll only have the basic requirement in this particular uh, uh, project. So we only accommodate eight staff here with these two interns at the outer uh, table. So then upper level, we're trying to have a one bedroom. And then that is almost like connected with the, my living space. So that was, a, it's actually a result of the, the way of living uh, and how we want to live in this building. Um, mm. So it's not a home in a way that you consist of having everything as a what required as a home. But uh, eventually uh, it became home and um, you know, we, I won't say it converted to home. We had that all the facilities, 
a bedroom, mm-hmm. toilet, as well as my family area for a, a TV and entertainment. And then when it goes from that beyond that point is almost like a pavilion that we wanted to create for a guest pavilion or a convertible mm-hmm. space that it can be converted into a entertainment or a, you know, to our big gathering even. Um, mm-hmm. So we have entertain quite a crowd there like near we have the sessions of uh, movie sessions sometimes it's like lectures we had in that pavilion so because it can mm-hmm. be open out to both gardens and the garden was having these uh, beautiful wild grasses and some running ponds in here and there to make it more interesting so that was at, that is actually the rooftop area so rooftop is purely designed to entertain and to relax kind of thing and the first mm-hmm. the second floor level where the, our bedrooms are is is actually designed as a living and a bedroom, but it's more like a convertible space for a uh, overflowing my office function. Because when you're having a function of a big uh, meeting for a office, we always go to the my first floor because there's no issue with these uh, how we can connect the spaces because that double heights volume create the links between that uh, living space and the office space. So that mm-hmm. connection allows that to have expand my a uh, function uh, of the office to that floor and we'll have a bigger gathering with these tender doc- document meetings and the consultant meeting at that place. So that's how mm-hmm. it works and uh, develop as a studio uh, with the uh, living uh, space as well. Yeah. So I can understand. So from, a, you know, the many things that this building's doing, there's the client experience of this sense of arrival and the sense of calming as you go through this process. Um, for your team, it's it's obviously a very relaxing and calming. You mentioned right at the beginning that it's important to be working in a, in a nice, calming environment. And I think I understand then also from the function of the home. I mean, you you benefit from that calming experience every time you come, you enter your your home. you're getting that same experience as clients. Would you say it's more a case that um, you live in your office rather than your team work in your house? Uh, It's more more that way around, isn't it? Uh, It's both ways. Sometimes, actually, uh, it's a teamwork. We all work as a team here and um, we share all the ideas and there's no separation between my space and their space because we all connected in a one room and uh, mm-hmm. there's a only area for me and for them so basically um, for them it's like uh, again for their uh, own place and uh, I won't feel because when you have the way that I'm designed is a way that the two layers is not connecting so I, when I'm going up it's totally cut off from the office so mm-hmm. I won't feel that I'm living in the studio or because uh, uh, working because anyway it's not like an office so even if mm. I'm seeing my staff is coming and working, so I don't feel like it's like office or standard office uh, thing. So uh, it helps me. I mean, like, as you want to you know, like, um, how can I answer that? Like, it's uh, basically, yeah, both ways. They feel, I feel, I'm not feeling I'm living in office. So they, mm. I also think that is they are not working in uh, uh, my uh, home. Because uh, my activities, all my areas are upper. They, they are not connecting or, uh, you know, passing that area. So basically it's isolated, but visually connected if it's necessary. And, so do you uh, think the, des- the yes, design sir. has helped that? Um, 
Because there's a different feel, isn't there, for the different floors? Exactly. You know, we talked about exactly. that that sense of the entrance. Yeah, and it's again, very open. I'm trying to change the material of the rooms, if you say that. All the rest mm. of the areas are almost having these uh, terrazzo black polished flooring. Uh, and yeah. my personal place is always having a timber floors. So in my room, is like mm. having a timber floor with the concrete walls. And even the rooftop, I've used the con- timber decks. Uh, as a material. So it changed my mindset or a mood or a, give a different impression to the space. So I mm-hmm. changed my mind. I think I won't feel that is a part of the office. And you're also, it's it's a penthouse effect, effectively, isn't it? And you're, yes. you're, a, you're almost a level with the tree canopy of the marshes beyond Correct. as well. So a very sort of, well, must, it must be a very nice feeling, a nice space to live in. I absolutely love the the bedroom space, which it sits above. So when you describe the ground floor of just a sort of listener, we've got, it's almost a square plan. And one half of that, the central half of it is with a parking space below. And then a rectangle either side is one's the entrance and one's some office ancillary space. It's almost one way I was thinking of it is like, I don't know if you know the game Jenga, but Jenga blocks. And if you stacked them, you could recreate this building out of Jenga blocks. Your bedroom is a Jenga block on the top of the building facing front to back so the end of the jenga block is another framed view of the marsh but it's a very again a very atmospheric space concrete ceiling concrete walls and the the timber floor what was important when when you were designing this room were you designing it knowing that this is this would be your bedroom at the time and if it was what what did you want that to feel like for you to to live in um yeah exactly i knew where i'm gonna uh, place my bed uh, so actually, as I said, uh, with the limited space and then within the grid, how I'm going to locate my bedroom is the corner of the uh, the property or the design uh, above the staircase. So as I said, it's a grid uh, with the 10, uh, 20, and again 10. That's how I divide mm-hmm. it. So one corner is that um, the staircase area with the, with the uh, right corner. And the left corner is the the main staircase to the office area. Above that is Mm. the bedroom. So basically, it controls the width of the room. But that, as you mentioned clearly, the the two ends are open. And one end is actually the toilet that is open to the sky and allows me to get the nice air movement through that room to the marsh area. And again, uh, it gets the two sides, you get the light beautifully. And uh, it allows me to feel big, even though there's a narrow, like a 10 feet room, mm. but lengthwise it has 40 feet. So in between, mm. I didn't want to have a partition for toilets or a wardrobes or kind of thing. So it's actually designed in a way that uh, wardrobes create a, a, a partition uh, in between the room, bedroom area, and then the toilet. So it, mm. visually, it's almost seeing the both ends of the building. But still, mm. uh, it's giving a more, uh, you know, comfort to the visual, especially uh, because of 10 feet is not enough for a, a range of furniture. But when you have a longer space that you can arrange your furniture in a way that uh, you won't feel it's very small. Mm-hmm. And this bathroom that you've yes. got, so you've said it's it's lit from the top. This yes. is all concrete. It's and all you've concrete, got, yes. It's, yes, yes. it's a kind of stand-in tub shower that's surrounded by concrete on all sides and then open above. Open. Actually, what I really like about it... the roadside, but still that I'm ah, trying okay. to get the light and ventilation from the uh, top 
that nobody will notice from there and all the plumbing as i mentioned goes through that uh, the space in between the two layers and allows yeah. me to screen everything and uh, function without notice yeah and it's it's very i mean it's just the raw concrete isn't it that's around yes. that yes. shower yes. Yes. and so you've allowed like moss it's not moss growing. Kind of yes. Grow? yes and change also and, in even a, uh, the in rainy season start getting green and because it start getting moss on the concrete and change the pattern of the concrete and change the color of the concrete and sometimes it get dry and getting a gray and it's mm. it's beautiful it's that's the beauty of it and it casts the mm. beautiful shadows of the best again on that wall and give makes it more dramatic mhm would it, would i be in the terms of how you're living in this space and the simplicity of it it's almost monastic in terms of do you would you describe yourself as a minimalist do you have many belongings or do you are you more the sort of reverse if you like um, having a very yeah, simple space i'm trying to collect things collect things that are only necessary for my uh, way of living only mm-hmm. collecting items i'm doing is like collecting music vinyl so that is yeah. the only thing that i don't have a place in this uh, Uh, studio so i have a quite a collection that i am thinking what to do with that because it's uh, still with the old uh, place so i can't right. bring that collection so that's the only thing other than that i am just collecting few books architectural books definitely uh, but apart from that everything what i wanted to for this function this building has already there so we never yeah. collect anything on the way or travels or anything uh, as to get things and find a place to uh, fix it so we almost mm-hmm. like complete our furnishing because we design with the furniture uh, so we live with our requirements so we discuss and again uh, we are not trying to add anything uh, so i mm. think uh, it's a nice way of uh, living i think uh, when you it's not just removing things we add things mm. what we require only so then there's no importance of bringing something new to the place or uh, you know collect something that is not necessary or unwanted um mm-hmm. so basically that's very uh, much uh, it's a beautiful way of living and uh, i we practice that from the past and again we're trying to promote that or uh, advise our client also to be not to live like us but not to collect or you know unwanted spaces and unutilized spaces that makes it more mm. uh, not practical because when you have uh, your what you require and need and it's easy to maintain and easy to uh, you know uh, looked after it mm. there i mean there is i suppose there is a gen- general obsession with more space isn't there and always adding more space to homes but interestingly okay. here you're bringing clients in to your home when they're coming to meet and when they're coming to work with the studio what's their response are they inspired by what they see with the studio dwelling and does that influence what they think about what they maybe wanted and didn't want yeah it's changed their mindset especially when they've seen this material because they have not seen this kind of concrete buildings or totally designed with the concrete and they appreciate that only thing is they have not experienced this kind of materials before uh so they start liking it they start asking can we have this material as a structure or a, a interior so they start uh, liking it and asking for this same material but we change the material because everybody can't live in the same kind of a, uh environment mm. and it has to be suit the context and then the client so we give sometimes the 
material that is works for that project. Uh, mm-hmm. So actually, yeah, it gives a message. So it's very important to architect to be live like what how you practice because it's it reflects your personality, the way of living, mm-hmm. and um, so it's important. I feel so. This studio dwelling is uh, you know giving a message uh, to my client or uh, the visitors to the way I live. It's actually the truth of personality. So it's exposed. um who i am and uh, mm. it's very easy you know they can understand me they can read me with the building so everybody um, has that thing uh, like the building always speaks and uh, so i think uh, it gives a message of the owner mm. what what do you think what message do you think this building is giving then of you as an owner <laughs> um i think uh, how you can organize a small space and respect the nature and uh, re- addressing to the issues that is almost like with the um you know um, common answer like available materials how to live and less uh, material like how less without collecting so much and you can still uh, enjoy and enjoyment is not that hanging on the wall in the beauty is beyond that so what they seeing as a beauty now is what the beauty beyond this building its building is not necessary to be uh, you know craft or uh, make it beautiful to attract people because uh, when you frame uh, different things you know in here i think they are trying to admire the uh, the nature more than the building but the building has to be designed in a way that the the, the client or the user can get that message otherwise you have to force them to look at it so when mm-hmm. you have some design that building has to give for you the idea then you don't need to talk you don't need to say anything it starts speaks so in a likewise mm-hmm. so here i have noticed most of the people are not looking at the particular joint or a, you know that way it craft but how it is setting with the environment and the uh, nature and they appreciate that and the frame view then they trying to see there's a beauty and they have not seen before and uh, mm. that's a, a part of the design i feel uh, because uh, you have a duty to give that thing because otherwise the this nature and the environment was there before i designed this but it was not nicely present so as a architect mm. we have to present it in a way that people will understand the beauty and people will admire more than before mm. i like that i mean it all comes back to this building being used as a framing device uh, and um yeah it's very powerful what you're saying there and i can i can completely understand it um and it, this when when clients come in do they come the top floor um sorry i'm going to bring it back to that analogy again of jenga blocks and i don't i don't mean to be saying it to this is a wonderful building and it's not it doesn't look like jenga blocks but it's a good way of describing it but the top floor is that your bedroom is a jenga block that's running sort of front to back of the building longitudinal the top floor is the one space that actually is cross lit as in it's glazed on both yeah. sides and fully open to views it really is an open penthouse and that is the jenga block that's running side to side again it's very economical with the space like you said you don't need much space to to feel like you're living in a wonderful place 
but it's a one big open plan rectangular space with a kitchen at one end and then glazed both sides so you're seeing over rooftops and you're seeing over marsh do clients do you bring clients up to to that space do they get to experience this part of your home yeah uh, basically it's almost like uh, my entertainment uh, area mm. so basically it's beautiful when it open the both ends you totally get your cross ventilation through the space and uh, those windows i have designed in a way that it can goes into the pocket that is not disturbing when you open mm. you won't see the windows are being placed in that both end mm. um, so it is almost like uh, as you said very narrow long pavilion to get shelter but when it open it becomes more like only a uh, pavilion to give a, a protection in that middle portion but it's almost like a part of the uh, both gardens and the uh, two ends mm. so one garden is facing the marsh the other garden is facing the uh, the city uh, so at when you go to the rooftop only you realize you are among the uh, big towers in colombo so because uh, in this area particularly yeah. there is demand for a high rise uh, accommodation like apartments so we have quite a number of uh, apartments around it in the uh, the west side uh, but when you are at the first floor and the second floor you never notice you never feel that you are among the towers so i really like that third floor as you said that clearly it's connect the two ends you know man made towers with the city and you are not feel like you are away from the city you are connected with the city and uh, you know like a urban but then again when mm. you turn towards your marsh totally green and full of birds life and animals and you get monkeys and those are very beautiful two ends of extremes and mm. close to within the colombo that's a beauty and then I even i'm trying to work with these uh, volume in that place because that see um uh, the the height of the stack the 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 lift core because i we were trying to have we were actually designed with the lift but eventually we do want to have it and then i start to design with the spiral for the moment but uh, mm-hmm. any given time we can replace with the lift because it has four layers for uh, the uh, stories so uh, that need the minimum height for a, a restriction for the last stop so we get that height as a volume of the uppermost level so that creates again a volume and again a nice uh, space and with the both side open with the sliding glass so that's mm-hmm. how these the last or the climax of the house to be end and that's becomes the wow factor again uh, the journey through these steps and gradually it goes up with the material different volumes again uh, you know narrow dark materials with the concrete and dark flooring and then you open out with the quite a lot of sun and quite a lot of light and a breeze and again connected with the two um, the the environment and also in that landscape we trying to work with a lot of um, uh, natural plants that, that is available from this area so one mm. is a landscape architect she introduced a lot of plants from this surrounding but there's no we have not planted as a plants from nurseries so these are like wild grasses lemon grasses there's one is small uh, the herb garden next to the uh, pantry area so that pavilion is also is act like a, a room with the toilet and the pantry for a one sustainable room for a, any guest uh, to be utilized but it can be converted into a beautiful um, the the entertaining uh, with the projector and music 
and uh, for an IC winning. And I like the idea of the progression. Again, it is, you're right, there's this spiral staircase that leads up to this final floor. So after you've done the sort of the rest of the journey, this is that's actually probably one of the smallest places you go into in the building is to get yes. to the top floor in the spiral staircase. Again, you're compressing, it's dark, it's concrete, and then bam, you then get this view across the rooftops of Colombo. Um, I can imagine I can imagine the party scenes and the film nights <laughs> up there. Um, so, Belinda, what... What else are you working on at the moment? Because this was done obviously a few years ago and you've, yeah. as you live there and you work there, you must have learned a lot from this project. And I'm curious as to the other amazing projects that you're working on and what lessons from doing this design have sort of spread onto your other work. Um, I, yeah, we continue our practice after this with the different finding. Uh, even as a concrete, this is the first time we use as a material for the full construction. And uh, really? we work with a few projects that with the concrete, and but mm-hmm. still again to finding answers in a, this when you're placing using the concrete, and you have to understand the thermal uh, effects on the concrete because it absorbs mm-hmm. the heat and then it's a release in the night. You may not be able to live in a concrete building. Uh, so we trying to work in that concept that understanding the material uh, uh, character of the material. So we created a, a building for. Uh, book Publishers Association, uh, so it's called a book stack building. So it's almost like we pile up books uh, mm. uh, vertically. And uh, and what we have trying to create with that is we create a courtyard uh, around that uh, concrete wall. So then the heat won't transfer into the inner space. And then from outside, it's almost look like concrete, uh, the, the the layers of bricks with the concrete. So there's no window again similar language mm-hmm. or a style, but with the courtyard all around the building. So there's a center core with the function and then the envelope with the concrete to form that uh, sculptural look for the building. So that's another way of approaching uh, uh, the material, I feel. And apart mm-hmm. from that, we still continue the residence and some resorts and um, uh, trying to find uh, alternative materials like such as the you know, scaffolding we're trying to work with one project in uh, uh, southern of sri lanka we used uh, scaffolding as a structural element to lift the building in a very sensitive site and it allows mm. me to lift the building above the floods uh, height so uh, we noticed that it is actually uh, a very beautiful uh, grass land uh, and we have to lift the building with the five feet so the module mm-hmm. of these scaffolding gives exact height of what we require and to save the clients money to make that building. And uh, it's almost like uh, uh, not a permanent building. So it disappears mm-hmm. one day and you can dismantle the building and you can relocate the building because we change, uh, you know, the climates and change the uh, condition of the environment and sometimes uh, whatever the given uh, data can be changed, you know, the height of the uh, uh, the floods can be varied. So we're trying to think of that as a uh, answer that we relocate mm. the building and uh, immediately whenever we require and install again and to function the building with a little bit of uh, uh, improvements. And that's the house for the musician, the jazz musician. Exactly, is that exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's a beautiful house. And it, what what I think is interesting about it is how different it is to the studio dwelling. But underlying, there's these similar... There's some similar principles yeah, under sort of yes, similar vein. Yes. Um, but again, the, the 
the link to the landscape and i believe i was reading up a little bit on it last night this project but the owner is it's his an ancestral land and wanted to connect back exactly. to it but very difficult to build on because of the floods so um yeah this stilts on stilts very sort of lightweight completely opposite to the concrete yes, yes. um and actually um, i like to do that kind of a thing not to repeat the same answer that he's got for one project because i always trying to find a different answers because it has to be like that because that um, issues are different from each project and mm. the user is different function is different budget is always different so it has to be find a different answer always so it gives me more um, interest to find a different concept and it helps me to create different moods as well because it then i'm mm. enjoying what i'm doing uh, otherwise it you repeat the same uh, known answer for each but it's not the real because in in sri lanka even there are a lot of variation in the climate and again the situations are different and the investment price is different and very sensitive landscape mm-hmm. so we have to understand that there is a danger of that isn't there that you you can have clients coming around to the studio dwelling and they could be coming around and saying yes i really like this this is mm-hmm. what i want but it sounds like you know the way you've described it to me i can imagine you describe it to them as well is that focus on it's not about the building it's not about the techniques that have been used it's about the feeling that it generates and the emotion and that 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 approach naturally is going to make your projects very different whichever location they're in in terms of location have you work predominantly in sri lanka um you've kind of been described as a kind of custodian of continuing this sort of sri lankan um narrative of of architecture have you ever been curious I, i don't know if you've ever worked outside of sri lanka but have you ever been curious are there any locations globally that you think oh i'd love to work there and challenge myself with a completely different environment and a completely different set of circumstances um yes i have been working very selected project in overseas i have work uh, in africa with one of the local client who are working there with some hydro plant Uh, so we have continue working with the same client in a different context but we find a very interesting um, because that um, the climate is um, you know that context is almost same but beautiful and we'll try to find the elements from that and understand the uh, the climate or a context before i start designing and again we have done one resort in uh, nepal that is also very interesting because mm-hmm. it's very sensitive area in uh, chitwan and uh, next to a uh, rhino reserve so almost like uh, doing something uh, in a sensitive area in sri lanka but it's different because of the available material and then the, mm. we're trying to use the tharu uh, village people and craft their manship up from them so it's very uh, much we have responsibility as architect when you are doing a oasis project it's not your comfort zone and you have to study mm. and uh, spend more time on them uh, uh, about that design it's not it's you can't put your signature there because uh, you it's a, you are working a different uh, ground so i feel uh, it makes me more uh, interest so um, as you said sri lanka is like we know it's like a way of living and how the climate functions here and the ground conditions and the especially uh, that uh, tropical architecture how we were practicing here 
from the past. So it's very easy to understand. So I feel, uh, I think it's very comfortable. But I'll take the challenge to work in any country, but I don't um, necessarily to have it similar context. So it can be anything. Mm. So I don't mind mm. that, but I, it takes some time. Uh, it's not easy. So you have a duty yeah. to study and understand a lot of things not only mm-hmm. climate or anything because it's especially that way of living i feel is important uh, in buildings yeah. uh, because you are addressing or uh, designing for people uh, that people particular people's way of living is totally has to be addressed otherwise it's not matching with their uh, lifestyle mm. Okay, Pelinda, I'm now going to ask you um the three questions that I ask all of my guests. Um and the first one is to ask you what is the one thing if you had to pick something that really annoys you in your home. <laughs> I think I have given the answer my vine eyes because <laughs> that was my you know passion that's what I love almost like collecting and listening to music. So I have a huge collection. So that's the only thing that I regret that I don't have a or music collection as a another space that given dedicated space for my music so yes. i think that's the uh, <laughs> regret but nevertheless i'm enjoying with selected music here yes <laughs> um and then if you could describe one house that you visited um that has really inspired you and tell me why uh one house particularly it's very hard i think as a architect to select one from the lot but mm-hmm. i think um, i like building with lot of nature um especially i like paragon house special like that kind of a, you know projects i uh, so i think uh, that was one of the buildings that i really enjoy and again i can't forget the jeffrey baba the the you know master sri lankan architect so i think that was my first experience in uh, beautiful architecture so i think mm-hmm. uh, his own garden luluganga and his uh, own house at 33rd lane uh, those are the i think the turning point of giving me a lessons of what is beautiful and what is not so i think should admit that as a, a paragon house and the baba's house having the equal uh, jeffrey's house so um so i always respect the uh, jeffrey baba as a master because uh, we learn everything from that you know that uh, work of his and those are the first hand uh, experience that we have been to see things and then we learn from mm. their how he has uh, you know challenged the uh, um you know what is the basics and then how we have uh find answers to give a different uh, solution for even though function is same uh, even if the hotel if the, the, every time when he is designing each hotel has a different approach or different feel so it's that's the beauty of it so i think um jeffrey power and the barracons house are the uh, i can call it uh, my favorites or most yeah, uh, yeah memorable spaces And then if you could choose any designer to design you a new home who would you choose <laughs> I don't know if I can uh, allow anyone to design my space <laughs> but if you ask me that so I, you have to <laughs> <laughs> so I might select some uh, you know architect who design not the way I want to or the way I think as architect should be 
mm. but whoever can respond uh, the nature because we love we you know trying to uh, experience the nature in a way in a frame that's what we are talking whole uh, this, this dialogue um, so I think uh, one of the key architects I think doing that kind of things uh, there are a lot of architects but uh, mm-hmm. the material wise and uh, this thing I like uh, pres- uh, yeah Mexican architect uh, like Alberto Kalash um, uh, similar line of thinking I think there are more babies at the moment I feel that's the answer yeah well if you yeah one's great it is a very very difficult question to answer <laughs> yeah very difficult because usually the the answer is yeah. do i want to design it myself yeah yeah what are you asking <laughs> that's why <laughs> why would i choose someone else? um well Palinda, that's um really enjoyed finding out more about the project and finding out more about you um thank you very much for taking the time to do the interview thank you so much uh, for inv- you know interviewing me and uh, thanks again Thank you for listening to this episode. If you'd like to find out more about Palinda Kanangara Architects, then please visit the website at anotherarchitecturepodcast.com and try out the Instagram page to see the work of all my guests. If you like homes that are constructed out of concrete, you might be interested to listen to episode 8, where I talk to the architect Nick Brunsden about his project North Perth House. You can find the link on the podcast website. I look forward to you joining me for the next episode and thank you again for listening.